The book of Proverbs is full of wise sayings and teachings. It was meant to provide guidance and instruction for living wise and righteous lives, dealing with topics like money, relationships, faith, and parenting. In this series, we will draw from Proverbs and the wisdom it has to give us about our hearts. Join us as we look at the wisdom for all of our hearts, helping make us live life a little bit lighter. <laughs> we need this sermon today. I uh, want to welcome all of you here and those of you online. Thank you for joining us and trusting us. Um, I love this video, and honestly, I think uh, most of us need to watch this video every day uh, because what you're going to learn from this message simply is this. We need to learn to laugh a little bit more. And some of you really need to learn to laugh a little bit more. And I really appreciate it. One, one older gentleman came outside and tears in his eyes. He said, Pastor, this is the best sermon I've ever heard from me because I'm one of those guys that just doesn't laugh. And I said, it's never too late. And uh, so some of you, I, I want to catch you up a little bit. Um, we're doing a series. Uh, we're the third week of it called Heart to Heart. And we're looking at different Proverbs that talk about different ways in which our heart ought to be. And let me just give you a little hint. Today's is a cheerful heart. And so we've got um, rainbows and unicorns and all that kind of, no, we're going to talk. And so when I thought about this, I was thinking, I, unfortunately, I have a list of a billion things I could share, but I want to bring you back about, it's, I realized, I said 20 years, it's been about 25 years. I, uh, pastor Kirby, who used to be the lead pastor here, he was just, I don't know if he was um, gracious or crazy to let me start a service. And you guys remember Journey? Uh, not the rock band, the service that we used to have here until COVID. It was five o'clock service. It was a fun service, but it was really different. Uh, we started for Gen X. It was 18 to 26-year-olds. It was the first time where like, I was preaching every week, and to wear Levi's preaching back then was like, oh, you know, and sometimes even shorts and rainbow flip-flops in the summer, and we introduced a lot of different things, and one of the things, this shows you how far back it was, we introduced project projectors into our service before it was overheads with, um, <laughs> with little, yeah, way back when, you know? So, th so you got the environment. We were meeting in a, an old auditorium. Auditorium, a school auditorium, elementary. And one of the things was ambiance. And so we would have the service completely dark out here and then lights on the stage and all that. So one Sunday I'm preaching, five o'clock at night, probably halfway through the service. And I noticed someone got up, but I can't see, but I saw someone's getting up during my sermon and they're making their way down. And um, they made their way all the way to the front row, which now I could actually see the person. It's our youth pastor at the time. His name's David Childs. It still is. And uh, David was sitting there, and I thought, that's weird, but I'm just going to keep preaching. And then I noticed, like, he had a paper. He was holding a white piece of paper up. And I thought, that's weird, but I'm, you know, I'm a professional, so I'm just going to ignore and just keep preaching. But then he started doing this, kind of shaking, and I could see out of the corner of my eyes. And so I had to make a decision, and probably a bad decision, but I just, I was like, all right. And we, you know, we're pretty lighthearted with our staff here. You have to have thick skin. We love to rib each other because we love each other. But um, Dave was an easy target. So I stopped preaching. I'm like, excuse me, everybody. Our youth pastor, David, has something to share. And so I walked past the, where I could actually now see, and he's holding this up, but his head's just doing this. And I said, so what does it say there, David? And I read without reading, and it says, Pastor, your zipper's down. 
I was mortified. I, my face, I just, like right now, even telling you this story, I was like, oh my gosh. So I say this, and I'm just like, I turn around, pull up the zipper, and just kept preaching. Church, one of the things I've learned in life is we got to learn to laugh, and not only laugh, but sometimes laugh at ourselves, amen? And some of us are wound a little too tight. And you're already sitting there going, I'll get on with next week's message, please. This is stupid. And some of you, I won't mention any names. Some of you have been doing this. I don't know. (laughs) But I think all of us uh, could uh, use a little bit more cheer. So let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for laughter. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for the abundance of life that you give us. And Lord, thank you that we have another option than what the world tends to give us. And so I pray that you would help me to communicate your truths today and that we would be recipients. And maybe like this one gentleman that talked to me after first service, this could be life-changing. Thank you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Amen. So the very first week, we talked about um, a protected heart. We looked at Proverbs chapter 4, 23, and it says this, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So we talked about the importance of our heart and protecting it. Last week, Pastor John preached on a, a, a selfless heart. And uh, Proverbs eighteen twelve says this, before downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. Another translation says, pride cometh before fall, <laughs> right? And uh, so I've got a lot of stories on that one. But cheerful heart, cheerful heart is what we're looking at today. And the proverb for that is found in chapter 17, 22. It says, a cheerful heart is what? Good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let's read that together. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And so today, um, I I think I did fairly good with this. Um, Hopefully we'll do this this service, but you guys got all the time in the world because we don't have another service after this. So uh, I'm actually doing more of a devotional today. Uh, Don't clap. Um, people actually started laughing for a service, like, is he really going to be able to cut his sermon down? But I'm telling you, we have some special guests with us from another country that you want, you want to hear from them for like a whole day. But uh, I'm going to bring them up here on the stage. So we're going we're gonna to not go as in-depth as we typically would. Um, but I'll, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Cheerful heart is good medicine. Where did I get that from? Well, you just read it in Proverbs chapter 17. That's not my story, but it's God's story. And Solomon is saying, guys, a cheerful heart is good medicine. And so if you look at the Greek language, uh, or if you look at the Hebrew in this case, but in both cases, uh, you will see that um, cheerful means good-hearted or excited. And, and some it would say it's, it's hilarious. Uh, the word hilarious, especially in the New Testament, when it says be a cheerful giver, it means just laugh hilariously as you're given to the Lord. And it's a ready heart. And, and here's what I do know. I know all of us need to hear this. At one level or another, we need to lighten up. We need to loosen up. And we need to laugh a little bit more. We need to let that cup of, uh, if, if I picture it this way, we've got a heart and then inside it, there's a cup in our heart. We need to fill that cup with some joy. We need to fill that cup with some laughter. And again, some of us, we're really good at it, and some of us have no clue what it's like. It's kind of like that staring contest. I dare you to make me smile. 
But I want to tell you, the Bible says it's good medicine. The other option is, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, it dries up the bones and we don't want that. Jesus talks about this. John chapter 15, 11, Jesus says, I have told you this, that my joy may be in who? That my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So do you have a cheerful heart or are you that ball humbug person? Are you the Grinch that not just stole Christmas, that stole life? Are you that, that negative person that you always see the negative in everything? I want to tell you that that's reality and that's something that a lot of us fight. But the truth is that's not the only option. God says a cheerful heart is good medicine. And we need some good medicine today. Amen? I want to tell you that, that as a Christian, some of us were taught that you can't laugh in church. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I've heard it. I wasn't raised in the church. But my little church experience, it was like, oh, no. You walk into God's house and you tread softly. Don't you crack a smile? Don't you have fun? Some of us have been taught that. Uh, some of us are taught that, that you can't have fun as a Christian. And I want to tell you that is a lie from the devil. Jesus said that I came to give life and give it what? Abundantly or to the full. And the scripture right here says that, we, that cheerful heart is good medicine for the soul. And so we need to hear this today. And so many of us are dying on the vine. It's like a fruit tree that hasn't been uh, 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 watered in, in, in days or months or years. Eventually, it will just dry up. And some of us are drying up and we don't even realize why it is. And I want to say it's because the cheer and the laughter and the joy is being sucked out of us. And some of us, it's because of the people we're around. Some of us, it's because of what we're allowing ourselves to take in from social media and the news. And some of us, we just have that bend towards being critical and negative. None of us in this service, they were all in first service. Oh, wait, this one's being recorded. Sorry. They're at the church next door. No, 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 no. But we, we get this, don't we? I mean, it's hard. It's hard, but it's right for us to strive to have laughter in our life. You could laugh in church. You could smile in church, and you could have fun as a Christian. And all God's people said? Amen. I like Proverbs chapter 15, 13. It says, a happy heart, a happy heart makes the face cheerful. But heartache crushes the spirit. I think one of the things that you and I have, one of the greatest tools that you and I have for Christ as Christians to those that do not know Christ is a smile. And just the opposite's true. I think it's, it's a really bad testimony for those of us that have said yes to Jesus Christ We've experienced the set free from our sins, the forgiveness of sins. We've experienced the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've just experienced the transformed life. We've experienced all of that, and our face is like this. I love Jesus. And we're telling our friends at work how much Jesus has changed our life. And if, 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 if you just give your life to Jesus, you too could... So let's go. And then you bring them to church and everyone's like, we love Jesus too. <laughs> Sing another joyful noise. 
And your friend's like, yeah, I want part of that. Mm-hmm. So part of the issue is this, church. And again, I know we have different personalities, right? But the truth is, no matter where we're at on the spectrum of personality in this, we can have a smile on our face, we can have laughter, and we can have joy. And I want to tell you this, it's an option. It's a choice. It's not something that automatically we stick ourselves in a microwave and we're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, no, it doesn't happen that way. It's a process, right? But it's a choice because here's what I know. I live in the same world you do. And I have the opportunity to listen to the same news you do and watch the social media that you do and have the neighbors that you do and have the church that you do. And I mean, we have a choice to be around all this stuff. And what's happening is I think the evil one is behind this vacuum that has a, 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 the end and he's holding it and he's just sucking all the laughter out of us. He's sucking all the joy out of us. He's sucking all the cheer out of us and he's winning. But I want to say, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, the Bible says. And so the answer to this is Jesus Christ in our lives. And Jesus says, I want that joy in you. I want your cup filled with laughter. I want your cup filled with cheer. I want your cup filled with dot, dot, dot. And yes, there's still crud happening in this world. But we could be the light in the darkness, and one of the greatest things that we could do, whether we even understand somebody's language, we could smile. And are they going to see anxiety and depression and negativity? Are they going to see joy? Are they going to see light? And please hear me. I know in a room filled with this many people, some of you are wondering if your marriage is still going to last. Some of you are wondering how you're going to pay the bill. Some of you are wondering, when am I going to stop drinking? Some of you are wondering, when am I going to get to the place where, where I find out what I want to do for Chris? Some of you are like, when is my kid going to come back? I, I know uh, health stuff. There's all kinds of hard stuff out there, isn't there, church? But if we're going to sit there and let that just siphon everything out of us, when in the midst of all that, there is a lot of good going on in this world. And you're going to hear from Marion Wallace from Kenya, a, a, a dark situation, a lot of evil there, but there's so much good happening. Amen? And just even in our community, just when in our community in this church, I'm telling you, you know how exciting it is to go from my office that's on the other side of that wall to the restroom over there? You're like, well, that's exciting. No, but on the wall is a picture of every person that's given their life to the Lord this year. And I'm telling you, this year, I told you, we're on fire right now. God is just trusting our church and people are giving their lives to the Lord. And I get to walk by that almost every day and I literally stop and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I know so-and-so's story and they're still doing it. Amen? And so for you, yes, there's a lot of things that might be hard in your life, but you're sitting in a purple chair in church today. Life can't be that bad. You've made a good choice. You made a good choice. Whew. Somebody stop me. No. I'm done with the Eeyores in life. I'm done with the Grinches. I'm done with being a Grinch. I don't like that. The negative heart, the negative thoughts, the negative outlook. We could have a positive heart with positive thoughts. No more stinking thinking. I love some of the quotes I came across about laughter this week. Laughter is an instant vacation, Milton Berle said. Is that true? It's an instant vacation. Uh, I was going to do this later in the sermon, but, you know, uh, Monday... 
um, I was uh, down in Orange County for a, a golf tournament. It was a fundraiser for um, my Bible college. A lot of other staff's gone to Hope University. And it's a long day. And then they do this dinner and awards. And then by the time, you know, 6 o'clock. And I was like, I don't know if I want to jump on the 5 at 6 o'clock. And then I remembered my Disney pass. And uh, it expires next month. And it just opened up because I get the bottom, bottom. And don't judge me. Some of you, oh, don't you know the politics? And oh, don't you? Oh, you're a man. And you, that's, forget all that. You go do what you want to do. But for me, Disneyland is a place of excellence. And I've dreamt a lot there about church stuff here. Because I think if Disneyland is excellent, the church better be more excellent. You see what I'm saying? And so I, I, I go there because it's a place. Like Milton Berle, we just, we just read that quote. Um, it says, laughter is an instant vacation. I use the phrase brain dead. So I go there and I just see little kids on parents' shoulders and a parade going, ah, waving at the princess's names or whatever, right? And they're just going, they're, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're happy, right? And then um, one of my fun things to do, I don't t- typically go on rides, but um, I love at night to go on jungle cruise. And because you talk about laughter, those poor jungle cruise operators. I'm thinking like they have to tell the same jokes all day long and nobody laughs. And so I don't laugh at their jokes, I laugh at them. Is that evil? But that's what I do. Because I just, it's, just think it's funny. And I have so much fun. And, and I just love, I just, that for me, it's a vacation from all the stress. And it helps me be in a better place and a little lighthearted. For some of you, it's a walk on the beach. For some of you, it's a game of golf. For some of you, it's, it's art. Whatever that thing is for you, we got to set ourselves up for success to laugh, to ease the tension a little bit. Amen? I, I love the, there's more, more quotes. When people are laughing, they generally are not killing each other. That's pretty good, Alan Alden. Thank you. Uh, love, <laughs> love may make the world go round, but laughter keeps us from getting dizzy. I like it. Uh, Mark Twain said this, laughter is the greatest weapon that we humans possess, and it's the one we use the least. Abraham Lincoln said this, if I don't laugh, I should die. That's powerful. I was just recently at something that um, talked a lot about the history and the pressure that he was under. And church, we, we too have a lot of pressure in our life. We got to have that release valve of joy, laughter, and cheer. Jewish proverb, I love this. What soap is to the body, laughter is to the soul. Let's say that together. What soap is to the body, laughter is to the soul. Some of us need to learn to laugh again. You notice how I said laugh again? They did a study on how many times a kid laughs as opposed to an adult. Kids laugh thousands of times a day. Adults, it's, it's like... 40, 35, some, some ridiculous number. We unlearn laughter. We're born to laugh. We're born with a cheerful heart. We, we, we learn not to do those things. Positive thoughts help create a better outlook. And the best positive thought we could get is our life for Jesus Christ. Amen? No more stinking thinking. Um, Charles Spurgeon said this about joy. There is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this, which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. 
This blessed joy is what? Very contagious. One glorious spirit um, brings a kind of plague into the house. One person who is wrenched seems to stop all the birds from singing wherever he goes or she. The grace of joy is contagious. I love that. Did you catch that? The, the grace of joy is contagious. Holy joy will oil the wheels of your life machinery. Holy joy will strengthen you for your daily labor. Holy joy will beautify you and give you an influence over the lives of others. Again, being reminded of Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is what, church? Good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Psalms 126 says this, the Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. That's why we could have joy. That's why we could have laughter. Yes, there's some negative things going on in life, but there's a lot of positive things. My friends in AA uh, oftentimes will say this, so I'm guessing it comes from AA, a gratitude list, a gratitude list. And I think gratitude list is so smart because what happens, and I'm taught that, that a lot of times that's supposed to be written and thought about in the morning. It starts your day off. It gives you right perspective. It keeps you from the stinking thinking. It gets you to the positive thinking that's going to help set off that joy, that's going to help set off that laughter, that's going to help set off that cheer in your heart. Amen? Because not all life is bad. Not all life is bad. Proverbs, all the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. I want to be feasting. How about you, church? Laugh, be positive, expect the best, fill your heart with joy. It's good medicine. As a matter of fact, it's proven medicine. People who laugh live longer. Did you know that? Ha, 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 ha. I just added a day. <laughs> I just added two days. All right. When we laugh, and this is true, when we laugh, our bodies perform the best. Amen? So unwind, smile, laugh. I, uh, there's, like I said, there's so many stories. We were in Chile many, many years ago when we planted a church, but just before we planted that church, we went uh, and we visited all these Christian schools. And I, I, we were just hammering one school after another and sleep deprived. And then we got to the, the prison and we went in the prisons and we did ministry there. And we were just going hard, hard, hard. We get to this one school. It's the biggest school we're at. It's like 800 students. Then you have all the faculty. And then our team, I think it was around eight, nine, 10 people. So I'm preaching. Now imagine this. Your, your job is not bad on earth because you could be an interpreter for me. That would be hard. Like to try and figure out what I'm trying to say and then translate that into a different language because I'm making up English all the time. So there's not even words in Spanish and, and all the other languages. But this is what's going on. So the interpreter's been interpreting with me and he was actually really good. It wasn't, hi, my name is Rob. And then, yo, mi nombre es Roberto. It was, it was like as fast as I was going, he was gone. So we were gone, we we're gone, we we're gone. And um, I was telling this illustration, and in the illustration, I'm like, and the doctor grabbed his stethoscope and put it on the child's heart. And, and all of a sudden, there's this pause. And he says a few things in Spanish, and then he's like standing there, and he's just kind of looking, and he goes, stethoscopa. <laughs> and I literally turned to him, and I'm like, and he goes, he starts cracking up to the point where you know when you're so 
tired and you're just like delirious, he starts crying. All right, now remember, now with staff and everything, probably 900 people, I'm looking at him and he's dying. Remember, laughter's contagious. I'm worn out. I look at him. I start hysterically laughing to the point where I lose it and I'm crying. And every time I try to gather myself, I look up at my team. One of them's literally on the floor just dying laughing. They're laughing. The staff's laughing. The kids are going crazy. And we are having a laugh fast because of stethoscopa. Can you do that laugh again? Because that is contagious. I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I'm telling you, church, there are times in my life when I'm so down, I think back to that moment because you might think when you get to heaven, there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more death, there's no more taxes. But and you might be thinking about people on clouds playing harps and singing songs. I hope heaven looked like that day. A bunch of people just hysterically laughing. Because laughter is good for the soul, my friends. Life is too short to be so serious and so wound tight. But then there is a second part, and I'm going to spend one minute on the second part of that verse. Crushed spirit dries up bones. That's the second thing to write down. Crushed spirit dries up bones. This is just sad after everything I've talked about, isn't it? However, this is so many of our realities. Like some of you literally are sitting here. You barely could get yourself into church because just the life has been sucked out of you. You have no joy. The the world has robbed it from you or you've made the decision to rob it from you and you're here because someone invited you and you're doing it as a favor for somebody. I wanna tell you God has you in the right place at the right time because Jesus Christ loves you to death. And he wants to infuse that cheer into your heart. He wants to infuse that joy. Like there's no better news to know that all the crime that you've committed, quote unquote, in sins, it's paid in full. It's done because of the cross. Grace is yours. Forgiveness is yours. Gift of the Holy Spirit is yours. And eternity in heaven is yours. That is something to laugh about. That is something to be cheerful about. That is something to be excited about. And some of us have never heard that. And some of us as Christians have forgotten it. And so the smile has been wiped off the face. And it's time to revive those crushed spirits and those bare bones. Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. Paul said this while he was in prison awaiting death. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Because joy, cheer, laughter is a choice. Amen? Well, like I said, I got a lot more, but we're gonna, we got some really good stuff to hear here. So I want to, um, you know, we've been praying for a team that went to Kenya. Some of you financially supported in prayer, and uh, some of you prayed for them. Uh, they were there last month, and so I want you to see just a quick video, a little bit about their trip, Vacation Bible School to 800 kids in um, Nairobi, Kenya, and then um, I'm going to introduce you to two special people.
awesome, our team that went out there, served. So I want to introduce you to my friends, Wallace and Mary, if you could come up here, all the way from Nairobi, Kenya. Let's give a loud welcome to these two. Church, I'm telling you, um, we're scratching the surface today. Uh, you know I don't do this often, but these literally are amazing, amazing people and what they're allowing God to do in their life. Um, we're just going to just see one little small sliver, but um, I'm going to ask uh, you guys if you could introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here, and uh, we thank God. We, I'm uh, Dr. Wallace Kamau. And she's Mary Kamau. We are the founders and directors of Missions of Hope International, which is a Christian organization that uses a holistic ministry model, uh, working among the most vulnerable people in Kenya and now also in Liberia. And uh, we have 33 schools in Kenya and one in Liberia, and a total 27,000 uh, children attending those schools. And, it's, um, and when these children come to our school, they introduce us, they give us an access to their families that we can empower them. And so alongside those schools, there is microfinance that is going on. There are, there are health services that are offered to the people and churches are planted alongside those schools. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mary? We sat at your table, Pastor Greg and I, uh, I think it's, I keep saying five, six years ago, and uh, just they were very gracious, hospitable uh, individuals, but hearing their stories individually is literally jaw-dropping. And again, I hope you guys will come back and we could just hear how God got you to where you're at to lead this incredible ministry. But um, t for today's purposes, um, the church knows that um, we partnered with you at a, at a deeper level. We started with Pastor Greg and I going over there. I think what's really important for you guys to know, we always research the ministries that we partner with because unfortunately not all are being good stewards of the resources. We love, we invest in leadership. We love these two and their ministry. So with that, we, we were, um, well, you'll tell the story, but we, we decided to purchase some land and help uh, with a church and, and all that kind of stuff. So can, Mary, can you speak to the church and Githithuru and, and, and our relationship with that as a church? Uh, thank you. Um, so um, Missions of Hope, as we work in this uh, big community, um, you know, um, Madare Valley Slums, which is in Nairobi. It is divided into different sections or different villages. And there is one particular village called Getazuro. So when Pastor Rob and Greg came, uh, we were able to show them around and show them the different villages. And uh, there is this one particular village called Getazuro that had no school and had no church. And, and, and we shared with them about the needs in this community. And uh, through your generosity, West Valley, uh, 
you are able to come alongside us to be able to have a church plant in this community. And also uh, West Valley has been supportive to the person that actually planted this church. His name is Pastor William. Uh, he didn't have much education and he felt called to reach out to this community because that's where he was staying. That's where he lived and he, want, he had a burden to reach out to this community. And again, through your generosity, you have helped Pastor William to be able to go to school. Even though he's an adult, he's, he's able to continue with the, his education. And we are thanking God because of the outreach that is happening in this community, the lives that are being transformed in this particular village called Getazuro because of your generosity and you partnering with us. And our school there has over 800 kids right now. Uh, and we are thanking God for our partnership, and we are so excited to be here today. Amen. And Pastor William will send videos of the church, and our, our members got to go to the church uh, while they were there. And the church is doing really well, and Pastor William, so that's exciting. To, to give perspective, though, um, you, you shared some things, and you shared this first service, so people understand how condensed the slums are. You gave some mileage and listen to these numbers. So when you hear of the slums in Nairobi, specifically Madale Valley slums, it is a community that is in an area of about half a mile wide and three miles long. And it has over 800,000 people living there. So all the deplorable conditions of poverty you can imagine and all the diseases and all the kinds of uh, challenges facing the kids that live in this community. But, but again, God has called us to this community and lives after lives are being transformed. Amen. Yeah. And this is where our team just went and 10 of them did a vacation Bible school for 800 kids and there's not a lot of running water there or electricity and you talk about 800,000 people and just that small of an area. So what these guys are doing is unbelievable. Uh, if you just talk about the schools and the, they're teaching these young girls how to sew and, and teaching. I mean, what, it's not just, oh, let, there's so many different layers. Oh, I'm going to babble on this because I just am so overwhelmed. But we went to dinner last night and I know we don't have a lot of time, but who cares? Because <laughs> these guys, I, I think they'll be encouraged like I was when you told the story about one young girl, Joyce, if you could tell that story a little bit. Yeah, so um, after having worked in the slums for a while, God called us to go to also rural communities in Kenya. And there is this one um, uh, community in northwestern part of Kenya among the Trukana people. We started a school there. And uh, in 2019, we had a conference for our girls who attended this conference, uh, who attended that school. And uh, while we were going on with our conference, uh, it happens that uh, one other girl who is not part who was not part of our school, uh, was standing by the window looking inside. And she looked very sad because all our girls were enjoying, you know, uh, they were making crafts, they were playing games with each other, they were singing, and they were just having fun. But this girl, who was also their age mate, was not 
part of the group enjoying all this. And so she stood there looking so sad. And then uh, I, when I looked at her, I could tell she was just a young girl. But guess what? She had beads all over her neck because she had been married off to an older man. Unfortunately, in this community among the Trukana people and similar communities, they marry off their girls when they are so young. And so when I looked at her, my heart fell for her and our eyes met and I called her inside and I started trying to talk to her, but she couldn't even communicate in Kiswahili or in English and I don't speak Trukana. So somebody else had to translate for me only to learn that this girl had been married off to an older man who was like in his 40s. And so I talked to her and I invited her to join our girls on, the on one of the tables. And she, she just gave this big smile and, and she joined in. And I have pictures and videos of her, you know, being the only one who had the beads. And uh, later, of course, I talked to this man who had married her and I convinced him to allow her to come to our school. Now, only to learn that this girl was hardly 12 years old and had already been living with this man for two years. It broke my heart. And I am thankful because I was able to convince him. I gave him a job as a guard, just like a to watch one of our properties. And he agreed to release her to come to our school. Then he called his parents. And when the parents came, they told me that if I'm to take this girl to school and taking her away from the husband, then it meant that I had to take her and make her my own daughter. At that point, I called Wallace and let him know, guess what? I think we are going to have another daughter. And... Uh, and so, to be honest, from that day, it was June 28th of 2019, we took Joyce, put her in school. Of course, that meant that marriage was not going to continue anymore. Today, she's our foster daughter. She just turned 16. And in those four years we have had her, Joyce has been transformed from never having had stepped in school at all, not preschool, not first grade. Today, she's in eighth grade. And guess what? She's an A student. An A student. And Wallace will finish another part of that story. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing what has happened to Joyce. And, um, you know, the other day in school, they had uh, set, a, set a whole day for each of the students to be in the uniform of the person they desire to be. And Joyce desires to be a doctor. And so we had to buy the white coat, we had to buy the stethoscope, and uh, so many other small tools that a doctor, you know, works with. And so that whole day, she spent, you know, dressed like a doctor, and I have no doubt that she's going to be a doctor. I can only imagine her going back to the village in rural Trukana, a very remote place, going back as a doctor and to be a role model that other children will be looking up to. And, you know, just to add on a little bit about Joyce, because of her, we were able to go back to her village, you know, 
in a place where our car broke down several times before we got there. But when we got there, and after spending time with the, with the community, some women asked us if we could take 12 of our girls to our boarding school. And so we planned, because that was in December and school was at break, that in January, uh, our head teacher will go to that village to pick the 12 girls. When he went there, there were no 12. There were 24 girls who were ready to go to school. So we told him, just take two trips and take them to school. And so they are in our boarding school. And it's not only that, because the government administrator, we call him the chief, you know, he looked for Mary's number and called her and asked, can, you st can we start a school in that village? And today, as we speak, there is a school with over 400 children attending school in that village. And so we thank God. Amen. Amen. Do you see why? I want you guys, I mean, there's just crazy, crazy stories. These guys are so wise, so humble, so generous, and we're grateful to have them. Um, I'm going to ask as we close, if you could share about child sponsorship, which we've done as a church. Uh, my wife and I uh, sponsored child, uh, Violet, and, uh, and we got to, I got to meet her when I was out there in Kenya. Um, and a lot of our people that have gone to Kenya have met them. So tell us a little bit about what spo child sponsorship looks like. When you sponsor a child with $40 a month, that child is able to be part of our school. The child, um, uh, after joining the school, is able to be under the love and teachings of our Christian teachers. We actually hire teachers. Actually, part of the money from sponsorship is what we spend to be able to hire Christian teachers to teach in our schools. And then these teachers, of course, as they love on these children, they don't only teach their academics, but we actually do, it's like a holistic development kind of a program because they teach them on the, uh, on the word of God, they share the love of Jesus with them. But also these children get two meals a day while they are in school. These children also get basic health care in our clinics because we have clinics in our different locations where we are serving. And these children also, uh, together with their families, are attached to a specific social worker who works with the family and makes sure that other areas of needs can be identified and the family can be uh, able to be empowered economically, as Wallace was mentioning, maybe it's skills training, maybe microfinance, and maybe trying to, find, to help them find jobs so that their lives can also be improved back at home. And and, uh, and, and all these connections start because somebody like you can be able to sponsor a child with $40 a month. And, uh, and so there is a ripple effect of, of, of your generosity because it doesn't only change the lives of the child, but also the lives of their family members. Amen. Amen. So um, after service, there's two tables out there, and they have all the profiles of kids. I know some of our kids were looking and going, I want to sponsor this one. I want this to be. And so 
go out there, ask questions. Marion Wallace will be there. Others will be there to answer questions. And then we learned at dinner last night, there's an app now. For those of you that have been sponsoring your child, there's an app now that literally brings up your child to where we always send letters and they send them back to us. But now you could just text the teacher and the teacher passes. I mean, and the needs and specific needs are all on this app. It's crazy what technology's done. So I, I, I generally believe where a lot of other things, uh, they have a lot of overhead and that goes other directions. Mohi, we've seen that a lot, uh, the, most of the money goes right to the, the kids and the programs and the teachers. So I highly recommend you considering prayerfully do that. And again, it's right here outside the doors today. Thank you very much. Let me pray for you. Let us pray for you. Lord, we pray for these two. We just thank you so much for their hearts. And we just thank you for their vision. And we thank you for their faith. God, protect them. Surround your angels around their homes. Surround your angels around their hearts. Help them continue to lead the way and and encourage not just the people in Kenya, but so many people around the world with their stories and with their faith and with their courage. And I pray that we've been encouraged here today um, to to laugh, to, to also think, and to challenge ourselves, Lord, with what we could do for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love that you've always shown me. Forget all my rebellions that you've always